Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our community, and I, I don't know about you, but I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the deep dive we have done on Primal. And uh, if this is your first time here uh, during this series, what we are doing is we are asking our deep primal questions and then we are answering them with primal truths. Uh, I think that for years we have said that questions are wrong and I, I disagree with that. I think that we should ask questions. I think the more questions that we ask, the more answers we can get. And so um, this is not a do as I say and, and then that's it. This is an opportunity for you to do a deep dive with the Word of God and say, I want some questions answered with strong biblical truths and values. Uh, our world is asking a lot of questions right now, and there's not a lot of answers. And I would like to be a church that gives them biblical answers with a biblical understanding that Jesus is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life, and this is the way walk in it. And so uh, today we're going to be hitting a primal question that we all have. In fact, this one is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, and these are questions that we're saying we have, but we want you to reframe the question. How are you asking the question, right? Uh, it's important when somebody asks the question what their verbiage and their language is, right? Have you ever had like a weird, somebody ask a question and it's just like, it almost is, I don't know, it just, it, it, it doesn't set right with you. It's a question, but there's, you know that there's motive behind it. Anybody? There's, there, and so how you ask the question matters. And so what we're doing is we're reframing the questions that we all have. Um, and I want to go to the book of John chapter 15. We've been hanging out here for the last several weeks and this is a portion where Jesus is talking to his disciples and, and those that are gathered. And he is telling them ten times through this passage, remain or abide, stay if you will remain in me I will, and my words in you. you know, and, and I'm the vine, you are the branches, remain in me and you're going to be fruitful. There's going to be great things that come to your life. You're going to prosper, you're going to be blessed. And Jesus goes on in John 15 verses 14 uh, through 16 this morning. He says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. And verse 16 is where we're going to hang out today. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. To go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You didn't choose me, Jesus said. I chose you. And today I just want to talk about this subject, this topic, this question. Why did I get picked last? Why did I get picked last? Father, I thank you so much for the moments that we have shared the power of the Holy Spirit that has swept through here during worship, and I just ask that, God, we would be receptive to this today, that we would leave here reframing questions, 
based on the primal truths that you give us. So Holy Spirit, come, change us, work on us. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. 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 My, someone said my mind is open. My heart is ready. I receive it. I believe it. Do it, Jesus. The primal question that we're addressing today is, am I wanted? Am I wanted? I, it was in fourth grade that we loved to play dodgeball. Anybody play dodgeball? Do we play dodgeball anymore? Is this a thing? All right, good. Let's not lose that. It's not offensive to hit somebody with a ball. Okay. Um, in fun. Uh, so we were playing dodgeball, and I remember standing uh, in, in the line to be picked. Anybody been there? You're standing in the line to be picked, and, and you're waiting, and the team captains are there, and they're choosing who they want on their team, and they're going for their friends, and they're going for the guy who can throw the ball the hardest and the fastest, and they're going for the one who's most agile and can move and, and dodge quickly, and, and the one who's got the hands who can get the ball so that, that, uh, that the person throwing is out. And so waiting, 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 and the, the person second to last gets picked, and there I am on the fence. Got picked last. Now, if you know me, if any one of you know me, you know that that was like the greatest insult we were having a conversation about this last night. Pastor Jesse dis- disagrees with this, but I don't really care. I, that was the greatest insult to me. And I'll let you know that, that from that moment on, I made up in my mind I would never be picked last again. And so I would do whatever I could if I needed to make better friends. I would make better friends so that I would be chosen uh, at least not last. I would, I would work on my craft. I would work on throwing. I would, I would, I would try to do the catch. I would, I would play that game as, as best of, to my ability that I could. And so I have lived my life with not settling for second best. I lived my life with going for achievement and, and succeeding in everything that I do because when I got picked last, what it did is it triggered that somebody did not want me. I didn't get chosen. I didn't get picked. I wasn't part of, of the in crowd. I wasn't part of the right friend group. I wasn't part of, of those that were, that were the elite. And so it, it messed with me. Maybe you can remember a time where you got picked last. Anybody ever get picked last? Can I just see? All right. You're in good company today. Uh, those of you who have not been picked last, I, maybe I need to be your friend. Maybe that's what I'm learning. We have developed this term called FOMO. Anybody, anybody know what FOMO means? Fear of missing out. Um, and we... We, we, we pray on this really during the holidays because if you miss this 15% sale today, then you're going to miss out on the greatest and latest toy for your kids. And then you realize a week later it actually goes to 50% off and you got, you got scammed into paying the 15% off instead of the 50% off because you had the fear of missing out. If I don't buy this right now, then I'm not going to get this. And we, we've lived this with, our, uh, with, with other people if we hear somebody's doing something and we want to be a part of that. In fact, to the point where we would sacrifice valuable time in order to be a part of something because we innately want to be wanted. We want someone to say, I choose you. 
That's why it's so, uh, it messes with us so much when we get rejected, when, when the divorce is finalized, when the bank says we can't approve you for the loan, when, when the, 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 the teacher says that you're, you're not going to pass this grade, when the friend group doesn't call and invite you. We have this primal fear of, do I really belong? Do I fit in? Where do I fit in? Do you really want me for me? Am I, am I wanted? Am, am I a contributing member of a group or a people or a tribe? What we're looking for is a tribe. We're looking for belonging and Our world has played on this concept, especially in young people today, where we create identity issues and identity crisis and mental health situations because what we're looking for is belonging and we create identities and structures. And so what we have done is we do away with social constructs of what it is to be a male and what it is to be a female so that everybody will fit in somewhere. And so if we become non-binary or if we eliminate these roles, then somehow we have found our tribe. Am I preaching to somebody in 2023? The reason why is because innately inside our primal fear is that nobody is going to want me for me. I'm not I'm going to re, I'm going to reject rejection before rejection ever comes. I, I'm going to be the one who gets ahead of this to reject rejection. And so what we what we have the danger of that if we start sinking into this, nobody wants me. We sink into the shadows of obscurity. We throw self-pity parties that no one else attends but the people we have created in our minds. We people-please until we have no personal identity. Because we want to feel wanted. And so maybe, maybe my badge of honor to be the person nobody wants To have the self-pity party, maybe that will get me friends. To sulk, to pout, to, to sink into myself. And what we're actually doing is we are pushing people away because we become self-centered, self-focused. And the enemy wants you to believe that you're not wanted. The enemy wants you to believe that you're not needed. And the enemy wants you to believe that you're too old. You're too young. You, 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 you've done too many wrong things. You don't have any purpose. You don't belong to any tribe. You, you don't really have any value. You don't have any identity. You're a lone wolf. You're by yourself. Nobody's for you. Nobody's with you. Everybody rejects you. Nobody cares for you. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? We can get into these cycles where we just don't feel wanted and then we play it over and over and over in our minds to the point where we will actually make up scenarios that really do not exist. We assume certain things and certain characteristics based on others' actions and not their intentions. And we're, we, we, we step into the danger zone, not top gun danger zone. We step into a spiritual danger zone where we 
Listen more to the enemy's voice that nobody chooses you. Nobody wants you instead of the voice of God. The voice of Jesus looked at his disciples and did not tell them nobody chose you. Nobody wants you. The voice of Jesus to his disciples was what? You didn't choose me. I chose you. It wasn't your choice to pick me, but it was my choice to pick you. Because what we need to realize is is these were fishermen that had been rejected from their religious studies. These were were tax collectors that got rejected because they couldn't couldn't live up to a teaching of a rabbi that said, hey, we want you, we are choosing you, you belong to our tribe, follow me. No, no, these were guys working the family craft. They were out there fishing, they did not really belong to any real group. They were just out there fishing and tax collecting and sitting around and, and, and doing their thing until one day Jesus comes by and says, you... I want you. The reason why they left everything where it was is because somebody saw them for who they were, not for what they did, not for where they could go, but just for who they were. And Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I walked by and I chose you. And I feel to just help someone in this room today that you have felt rejected, You have felt disqualified, you have felt forgotten, and you have felt like you have slipped into the place of obscurity. And I want to remind you today that God has chosen you before you ever chose Him. What I've realized about about God is this. He's, he's, He's funny, He's particular in this, because God doesn't change His plans to accommodate my fears. Moses was chosen to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage. Moses has an encounter with God, and God said, I'm choosing you to lead this, the people out. And what does Moses do? Do you really want me? Like me? I have a stuttering problem. I can't. God does not change his plans for Moses because Moses had a fear that he couldn't communicate. God is not willing to change His plans for your life because of your insecurities. God is not willing to change His plans for your life because of your fear of not being enough. God is not willing to change His plans for your life because you have a fear that you're not wanted or you're not needed or you don't belong to a certain tribe. God is not willing to change His plans for you to accommodate your fears. I want to free someone in the house today and let you know that His plans are still good for you. His plans are still perfect for you. He's got a plan in mind for your life, but it does not accommodate your fears. It's not my job to be accepted. Our world has created this thing that we, it's our job to be accepted, to, to fit into to the, the status quo or, or to the, the group that we want to belong to. It's not my job to be accepted. It's my job to be true and authentic to who God has called me to be. So if you feel unwanted today, I have a couple of things. One, God wants you. God chose you. 
But maybe you're dealing with this in life with regular people, just dealing with it. You just feel like you just are rejected by everybody you come in contact with. You, 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 you make a friend and then it suddenly seems like down the road you're not wanted. I, I, I have some points today to help you make yourself wanted. Write, the, write these down. Num, number one is this. If you're going to make yourself wanted, then we need to learn how to carry ourselves differently. You ever, been, you ever been around somebody that just does not have a happy face? Like, they just don't look happy. People don't want to hang around people that don't look happy. Maybe the reason why I can't find a tribe or I can't find belonging or I feel like I'm not wanted is because I haven't told my face that I have something to live for. I am happy to be breathing on planet Earth today. You carry yourself different. People like confidence. And maybe the lack of confidence is because you have a lack of identity. And the moment you build your identity and you know who you are, you can stand confidently in who you are. You carry yourself differently. Number two is this. People that are wanted develop healthy habits of gratitude. I would rather be around overly thankful people and those people annoy me sometimes, just being honest, than somebody who com- grumbles and complains all the time. Not everybody in the world needs to know about your hangnail. Like, right? Like, develop healthy habits of gratitude. Learn how to journal or take note or write down or take mental note and talk about the things you're grateful for. Folks, you live... You live in a great area. Be thankful that you're in North Idaho. People are escaping everywhere else. You live in a great area. Be thankful for your kids as much as they cause you problems. Be thankful. Those are blessings and a heritage from God in your life. Be thankful that you have, have, have some kind of roof over your head, that you have transportation, that you have the ability to make money on a job. Because of that, you are more wealthy than the majority of the world. You have blessing and privilege and favor. What I'm saying is that you have so many things to be thankful for. And Paul said it to the Philippians. He said, do this. This is the will of God for your life, that you would be thankful in all things. This is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Develop healthy habits of gratitude. Uh, Number three is you've got to change your language. What are you talking about? Like, like you want to be, you want to be wanted. You want to have that, that feeling of belonging and that, that tribe. Change your language. How are you talking? How do you talk to people? Are you talking down to them? Are you condescending? Are you lifting them up? How are you talking? How are you talking about yourself? Talking bad about yourself is not good. Right? Have you ever been around somebody that just talks bad about themselves? Like, I don't want to give anybody else a reason to think bad about me. Then they already do. Like, I, I don't want to just give them more Think, Oh, yeah, I agree with that one. <laughs> Change your language. How are you talking about yourself? How are you talking about your spouse? How are you talking about your kid? How are you talking about your church? How are you talking about your job? Uh, number four is this, learn to respect and honor others. Take a moment to respect and honor. And, and this, this goes with like, like personal boundaries and personal space. This, this, this goes for, you know, not overstaying your welcome. 
This goes for, you know, courtesy with, like, the wonderful world of text messaging. Anybody ever been in trouble on that thing? I sound like an old man. But I try to, like, if you've ever texted me, I try to overdo the emojis. Like, what I am saying is a happy thing. This is funny. We're laughing now, right? Like, I don't even use LOL anymore. Like, I just, it just, because no one's laughing out loud, really. It's just, but you learn to respect and honor others. Number five, we understand it's not all about me. When you, when you make it all about you, why would anybody want that? Like, it's, it's not all about me. No, number, number six is that we reframe rejection in our mind. We have to reframe rejection in our mind. Rejection is not someone rejecting your whole you. They are rejecting a part of you. So if, 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 if you are divorced and they rejected you, they're not rejecting everything about you. It was a part of you. Does this, does this make sense to anybody? A bank doesn't give you the loan or, or, or uh, you, you got picked last playing dodgeball. It's not a rejection on you as a whole. There's just parts that people reject. And while you have been rejected, you've also rejected other things. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Like, like rejection needs to be reframed in my mind. Rejection is not the end of the road. It is an open door for a new opportunity and responsibility. It gives me the chance to make up my mind. Am I going to succeed and just go, nobody wants me? I'm not ever going to do anything that matters. Or am I going to now jump into the role? Okay, I will never be picked last again. Let's get on board. Let's do something. Let's make a change. Let's do something different. Because rejection must give way to new opportunities and new open doors. We have to reframe rejection in our mind. And then number seven, we need to be the best version of ourselves. Avoid the temptation to be what everybody else wants you to be. The best version of you is who Jesus has chosen. So stop trying to fit in and start standing out. Because of our primal craving to be wanted, we can often find ourselves seated at tables that Jesus would have flipped. The tables that Jesus flipped were those that were using the house of God for personal gain and means, not for service. They were using the house of God to, to pad their pockets, to fulfill their need. And if we aren't careful, we will be guilty by association of sitting at tables. Because we want to be wanted, we'll end up being associated with people that really don't have any value for us in our life and our future. And if we aren't careful, we will get caught up in self-preservation and finding ourselves trying to have the self-pity and all introverted, holding on to those things. And the reality is, is that Jesus will flip those tables every time. He is not interested about who and what you are wanting to become because of somebody else's position on, on what you should become. He is interested on who you are becoming in Christ. And that is all. All that really matters not about the other thing. I don't want to sit at a table he flips. I want to sit at a table where he feeds. So who were the 12 that sat at the Last Supper? The, 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 the description, you, you've all seen the Last Supper painting. It's, it's the 12 that are sitting there. Who were the 12? In fact, if I would ask you this morning, 
I want you to name all 12 disciples. I would, I would say this, Andrew and I did this before church, I would say this, that most of us would probably get about 10 of them. Maybe 11. But there's a forgotten disciple in the mix. Mark 3 and 13 says, Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted. The ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him and he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the 12 he chose. Simon, whom he named Peter. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. But Jesus nicknamed sons of thunder. Like, that's who I want to be. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew. Are we checking the list? Are you guys, I mean, anybody went to Sunday school, you know Bartholomew. Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus. How many, how many would have been like, oh yeah, I remember Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot. And then the last one, <laughs> Judas Iscariot. And Mark makes sure we understand who he was, the one who later betrayed him. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Got it. But I think that Thaddeus is the forgotten disciple. How many has heard a message on Thaddeus? I've never preached a message on Thaddeus. You know why? Because Thaddeus is only known for one question in Scripture. Lord, how is it that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the rest of the world. Thaddeus' question was one of belonging. How, how come we get to belong to this, but not the rest? What Jesus was doing with his disciples is he was discipling them to make a difference so that he would be known through them. Thaddeus' question led him to write a book which is named Jude. Well, I thought it was Thaddeus. Well, yeah, Thaddeus is known as the man with three names in Scripture. Because Thaddeus was also known as Labaius Thaddeus. Thaddeus was actually the surname. He was also known as Judas. So you'll find in Scripture, you'll find the Judas, and then you'll find in the same passage, Judas, the one who later betrayed Jesus. And then you also find the name Jude. Thaddeus is the man, the disciple with three names. He, he really didn't have this belonging, but Thaddeus, Jude, writes in his, in his uh, epistle to the church, it's just a few verses long, it's one chapter, it's not a big book, not a lot of us look at it, but the end of his book, he says this, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, all glory to God in the churches for ages and ages to come. Jude is writing and letting us know there is someone that is picking you and choosing you that is willing to hold you up even when you fall. Don't allow obscurity to ruin your purpose. He's the forgotten disciple. I don't list him with Peter and James and John and Matthew. And, and I don't list him along with like, like apostles like Paul and Timothy. Why? Because Thaddeus is kind of just washed in the mix. And what I've learned is that in the kingdom of God, greatness is service, not status. And if you're searching for status and position and titles, you're going to miss out on what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is not 
about your status. It's about serving. And Thaddeus was a prime example. But we forget Thaddeus, but yet Jesus chose him. He was one that Jesus wanted. Matthew 20 lets us know in 20 and 16, it, it, this, is, this is beautiful. So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. Why did you get picked last? What, why were you picked last? Thaddeus, why were you on the last of the list? Thaddeus, why are you, you on, on, on the lower end? Why don't we remember you like everyone else? Well, can I just read to you some names in Scripture of those that were also forgotten? Those that were also picked last. See, see we like to celebrate the big names. Paul. We like to celebrate the big names. Peter. James and we love John and we're looking at Luke and we look at Mark and and, and we look at Timothy and and we, we see these these great figures Moses and David and, and and we look at all of them right and we see them as staple big name characters but what about the people that made a difference that were never listed what about the people that were picked last but yet made a difference on the team what about the people that were picked last and yet still did amazing things for God? People like what Paul wrote about in Romans 16 named Phoebe. This is not friends today. She did not write Sally Cat. <laughs> Some of you need to go watch friends. All right. Phoebe was known as the mother of preachers. Phoebe was responsible for carrying the book of Romans to Rome, which gave Paul access to the Roman Christian community. The reason why we have the book of Romans is because of a lady named Phoebe. But when's the last time we've actually talked about Phoebe? Phoebe, to us, may have been picked last, but Phoebe made a difference. Phoebe carried the book of Romans in hostile territory, Paul's writings, to people that needed this word, which sparked a revival in Rome, which now in 2023, we still look at Romans and we preach Romans and we believe what Romans has to say because of a lady by the name of Phoebe. Women can still be used by God. I know it's a hot topic, but in this church, we believe that women are empowered to do things for the kingdom of God. Let it, let it go viral. I really don't care anymore. I, we've gotten, I mean, you, would, you wouldn't believe hate mail that we get for that teaching at this church. And I really don't care. Because there are people, there are Phoebes out here that get shunned aside, pushed to the back burner, and saying, you don't matter because you're a woman. In this hour, we need every woman that will rise to join the army of God. We need our women to get a part of the kingdom of God. We want to empower them. We want to love them. We want to say, hey, we need you to get the gospel out as well. The kingdom of God is not sexist. The kingdom of God is not bigotry. The kingdom of God is inclusive. And God is choosing you, whoever will. All right. Sorry, I get a little, I get a little fired up about it. I, 
I've sat in meetings where they don't want women to be a part of it, and I, just, I cannot sit by when we have Phoebe's. What about Priscilla and Aquila in Romans 16? They were the first small group leaders. Here we call them e-groups. Bill and Jamie, they led the small groups to start the church in Rome. This, this important task, they could get pushed to the side. They're not like Paul on the radar, but Priscilla and Aquila... A married couple that were a dynamic force that said, I know things look different in Ephesus. And things look different in in, in Philippi. And things look different in Colossians. Things look different over there. But here in Rome, we're going to do some things in the house. In Rome, we're going to do some things differently. And we're going to preach and we're going to teach what what Paul is sending us. And we're going to preach and teach the message of, of Jesus Christ. And while they may have been picked last in our mind, God used them to start a work in Rome that led on for centuries. What about Rufus? Do I have a Rufus in the house? No. Rufus, most likely the son of Simon, who was walking by our road to Golgotha one day as a Roman soldier grabbed him and threw him at the feet of Jesus and said, carry this cross. Rufus, most likely, was Simon's son, who impacted by the day he saw his dad carry the cross of Jesus. Now, in Romans 16, this is what Paul said. He said, now your identity is not in who your dad was, but your identity is the one whom the Lord picked to be his very own. You see, it's not about who went before you and your heritage and your namesake. It's not about your pedigree or your degree. It's about you being authentic in who you are and the Lord calling you to be His very own. You got chosen. You got picked. What about Persis? This wonderful lady worked hard for the Lord, the Bible said. That's all the Bible gets her credit for. And what I'm saying is this, is that sometimes we want the spotlight and the accolades. Maybe, maybe the ones who are picked last are the faithful. The ones who maintain and stay the course. And Persis, all that she's accredited for is that she worked hard for the Lord. And if that's all I get when I enter glory, then it is enough for me. Because I want to be known not for my status, but for my service. Brevin, can we pull that other slide up? This is a list of names of those that are also listed in Romans 16. We're going to try to pronounce these names. <laughs> Epinatus, Mary, Mr. A, Juana. It's not right. That's not in the Greek. Amplitus, Urbanus. Look at these names. That's all I'm going to say. Talking tongues up here trying to pronounce names. Look at these names. These are names that are listed. I love that one. Rufus's mother. Like, like Nurus' sister. These are names that Paul's like, 
I want to give credit to where credit is due. They may have been picked last, but they were still wanted and they were still chosen and they had a purpose and God designed them to do great things for the kingdom. So the primal question of am I wanted suddenly begins to move and shift to a primal truth of understanding that even if I don't have my name in lights, that if I am faithful to the Lord, I belong to His family. And my primal truth is based in the very fact that if I am rejected by all others, I am still accepted by Jesus. My primal truth is that I am wanted. Would you just take a moment, put your hand over your heart and say, I am wanted. God wants me. Van, will you come? I'm wanted. This is one of my, my deep primal fears would be that I don't belong. I'm going to be transparent with you this morning. It, it eats at me. And we have created a place here at Encounter where one of our main mottos is what? It's a place to belong even before you believe. Why do we do that? Because we want to say that even in other places that you don't feel wanted, here you can belong. Because you may have been rejected by your school, you may have been rejected by the, the college, you may have been rejected by an ex, you may have been rejected by a bank, you may have been rejected in life. And maybe you feel like you've just drawn the short straw. You just don't feel wanted. You battle with that. You battle with this deep-rooted insecurity that I don't know if I really belong. And today, this word has gotten into you because you've, you've tried to fit in while God is trying to call you to stand out. You'll never live up to what God has called you to become by trying to fit in to everyone else's level and their status for you. God's not interested in where you want to impress people. He's interested in just having a relationship with you. I hope that frees somebody today. I don't have to be accepted by everybody, but I need to be accepted by Him. I, I don't have to live up to everyone else's standard and, and their approval on my life. And Maybe the people that are rejecting you, you don't need to be a part of anyway. Maybe that's a table that Jesus is going to flip and he's calling you to sit at the table with the 12. But I'm not Peter. No, but you're Thaddeus. I got three names. I, they don't even know what to call me. I, I'm Judas, but we don't want to use Judas because that's the other guy. So just call me Jude. Or call me by my last name. Thaddeus.
My prayer for you this morning is that you would walk out of this room knowing without a shadow of a doubt that you belong in the family of God. Period. You don't have to try to fit in. You already belong. But what about my past? Those list of names, they also had a past. But what, what about what about the stuff that I'm currently involved in? You still belong. He wants to cut that free from you so you could walk in victory. What what am I am I really wanted? Our FOMO, our fear of missing out, should not be in the latest activity or the latest purchase. Our real fear of missing out should be with my relationship with the Master. You're wanted. Isaiah 41, and I'll close on this. Isaiah 41 and 9 says, I have called you back from the ends of the earth saying you are my servant for I have chosen you and will not throw you away don't be afraid for I am with you don't be discouraged for I am your God I will strengthen you and help you I will hold you up with my victorious right hand I want to remind you today God said I have chosen you and I will not throw you away so to the one who feels like you are in obscurity and feel like you've been thrown away that you've been discarded by life by friends by family, you've been discarded by circles and bosses and teachers, you feel like you've been thrown away and discarded, can I remind you again of what God said? I have chosen you and I will not throw you away. You're not trash. You're not worthless. You, you, you have value. You have purpose. You have destiny and you have a commission. You're the ones Jesus wants. And today I am praying that there would be an inner healing in your life with the revelation. The inner healing over rejection with the revelation of I am wanted and I belong. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come. And these are people filled with faith. They want, to, they want to pray for you. And I just feel with the power of the Holy Spirit today to do something maybe a little, little unique. But would you, would you bow your heads with me this morning? Sometimes the hardest thing for 
an individual to do that doesn't feel wanted is to become noticed. Because when you're noticed, it brings attention to the insecurity, it brings attention to the pain, it brings attention to the places where we've been rejected. But today, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to free you from that this morning. And I'm going to ask today, every head bowed, every eye closed today, give some privacy today. But if you are in this room and you have felt unwanted, you have felt discarded, you have felt maybe thrown away, you have felt like you don't have value, you have felt like you don't have any purpose or place. And the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now, that, that's that tingle right now in your, in, your, in your chest, it's the tug in your gut right now. And the Holy Spirit's emboldening you to stand and say, that's me. And if you feel unwanted, if you have felt discarded, if you have felt misplaced, you've just been a misfit, would, would you be bold enough today, His heads are bowed, eyes are closed, would you be bold enough today, would you stand to your feet and say, that's been me? That's me. I have felt unwanted. Come on, folks are standing. Anybody else today? Would you be bold enough to stand? Say, I have felt discarded. I have felt thrown away. I've done the people-pleasing thing. That's, that's it. It's beautiful. We'll give just a moment today. This is your moment. God wants to heal you. This is the moment God wants to restore faith back into your life. Father, today, for every person that has stood in faith, for every person that has sat in their seat that has just been struggling with this because somewhere deep down inside they still don't even believe it. Today, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be a comforter to them, that you would remind them of the words that were spoken. I have chose you when you didn't choose me. I have wanted you. I will not throw you away. Father, I pray for inner healing today. I pray for strength. I pray for courage. May the primal question of am I wanted be answered today that because your word says so, I am wanted, I am chosen, and I belong. So Father, I pray for freedom today. I pray that you would lift heavy hearts, that heaviness would fall off and they would be robed again with gratitude and praise and joy and 
God, you would just embrace them, that they would have joy in their life and return the smile and happiness to them. And today, God, rejection does not have a place in our life. We're reframing it, that it's an opportunity to become better because you're calling us to better tables and you are calling us to stop fitting in and learn to stand out. And for that, God, we give you praise and glory. And today, we know that you have chosen us. Come on, all over this room, would you stand to your feet? Would you take your hands? Would you lift them above your head? And would you say these words with me? Today, I am chosen. I am wanted. And I belong in Jesus' name. If you believe it, will you put your hands together and just thank Him for that truth today? We're going to give a moment for the band to play and for you to respond to this. Maybe you stood, maybe you didn't. But our prayer team up here, our prayer partners, they want to pray with you. They want to bless you. They want to see your life prosper. They want to see you have an amazing future that God has planned for you. I don't know where you fit in 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 this message or in this series. Maybe it's even unrelated. Maybe you need physical healing or emotional or or spiritual, whatever it is, but they want to just pray for you and bless you. And we're going to sing our hearts out. and We're going to worship the Lord as we close today out. But would you give reverence to what we have just heard? And let this can be confirmed in your heart. I am wanted. I am chosen. And I belong. I am wanted. I am chosen. And I belong. I am wanted. I'm chosen, and I belong. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.